everyone. Thank you for joining me in Going Beyond Normal. I am your host, Violet. And on this week's episode, I'm going to talk about love. Recently, I was asked if my autistic son knew what I love you meant. It's a valid question and one that I have to admit I don't 100% know the answer to. He is largely nonverbal and doesn't relay that type of conversational information. He often doesn't know how to answer questions asked of him if he hasn't been given a couple of answers that he can apply to that given question. So an esoteric question like, do you understand what love is, is not going to get an answer. But thinking about that question, do most of us really understand what it is? We have some adages that tell us things like, love is patient, love is kind. But you can be patient and kind and not love a person. You can also love a person and be impatient and not kind to them. Some people say there are different types of love. I love my neighbor in a different way than my closest friend. And I love my dog like my kid until I have a kid and then nothing in the world do I love as much as my kid. Though I know for everyone that is not the case. We can love, but be terrible at expressing it or express it in completely unhealthy ways. Or use love as a threat or a means for guilt or control. We can also say that love is an energy a frame of reference, the foundation of everything, that God is love, that the universe loves us, and so on. But walking around in a human body, typically or atypically, seeking love in the myriad ways we all do, do we actually know what it is we're seeking? When we say, I love you, do we really feel it and know what we're feeling? Do we know what we're giving to someone else? Is love one thing or a million or a billion or infinite? How do we define something we cannot measure or see or even agree on? Some people say it's just chemicals. Others that it's connections. Some love is quick and gone. Some love fades more slowly. Some seems to last a lifetime. Some love is peas in a pod. Other love is opposites. Some is pieces of a puzzle. Some love is complementary and some love is pushing you to be better. Conditional love, unconditional love, tough love, platonic love, puppy love, and it goes on and on. We've been trying to figure out love since cave paintings. How can I expect my son to understand that I love him? when it means so many different things. I can't possibly begin to explain it when the best poets and philosophers have even fallen short of the mark. We can explain happiness and sadness and anger. These are emotions and they're easy, but even the feeling of fear, though it can be sneaky, is fairly easy to explain and identify. But love, Love can make you feel so very many things. Love can make you feel happy and sad and fearful and angry and disappointed and, 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 and love can burst your heart open with joy and break it with grief. And yet we are desperate for it. 
We can deny that's true, but it is. And why, loving my son as I do, do I hope to God he loves me? Why is that so important? Because when you are loved, it means you're okay. Someone has declared you acceptable. And that means that we deserve to be here and keep going. Love allows us to strive, to evolve, to discover, explore, and create. Love tells us, yes. Love tells us we are worth something and our lives have meaning and that someone cares that we are living it. Some people have said, you can't give love to someone else until you love yourself first. You can't pour from an empty cup kind of thing. But I don't think that's right. That's a scarcity mentality for one, and I don't buy it. I've loved lots when I was feeling pretty crappy about who I was at the time. And loving my son has propelled me to work on myself and accept myself more than I ever did before. So I have the suspicion that really the opposite is true. The more you can love others, the greater your capacity for loving is, and that naturally extends to yourself. I think love is like a fountain. If you can get it started and cultivate it and keep pushing it out, it will gather momentum and start spilling over and will keep growing and then your cup is overflowing. I was astonished by my capacity to love my son. It was far and above anything I had ever experienced before and no one could explain it to me before I got there. And even now, having experienced it, I can't explain it to anyone else. Knowing I am capable of loving another being like that impressed me. I didn't think I had it in me. And that allowed me to accept myself even more. And every time I made good choices regarding him, it made me feel good and took me to a new level of appreciation about myself. My love and appreciation of myself has grown more in the last 12 years than it did in the previous 33 years of my life, even when I was working on it. Love begets love. If you feel unloved or unworthy, or even if you feel basically neutral, I invite you to love someone and see how you start to feel about yourself and life afterwards. I don't mean you have to fall in love with anyone or be soupy or sappy or syrupy with anyone. I mean, act kindly towards others with the intention of care. Sweep a porch free of leaves or pull the garbage cans to the curb for an elderly neighbor. Hold the door for people. Pick up a tab if you can here and there, even anonymously. Show appropriate appreciation for your coworkers and friends. Reaching out to people in small ways lets them know someone cares about them, their lives, 
and their experience here. It will automatically make you feel better about yourself and your life. Be careful not to overdo it though. Remember also to receive. Overgiving and also not receiving are behaviors people exhibit when they are fearful. It is important to let the love in regardless of how you are feeling about you at the time. Because the more you can do both, the more expansive it will become. When someone is trying to show love and appreciation in an appropriate way to you and you are refusing, like in a situation where you're constantly giving to them and then they try to do something for you and you don't allow it, that makes them feel bad. We may think we're being selfless by saying, no, no, that's not necessary, not needed or whatever, but it actually brings the energy down and makes the other person feel like less because their kind gesture is being refused. They're being told their expression isn't worthy of being received. Oosh. That shuts down the flow and we all know what it feels like to be shut down. We know what the absence of love feels like, but we often take that for granted when dealing with another. So remember, giving and receiving makes both the giver and the receiver feel loved and allows the love to deepen and expand. As much as we want love, we are sometimes afraid of it. We can have lots of judgments about love and the vulnerability that sometimes accompanies it. But it really isn't love that makes us vulnerable. It's the fear of rejection, fear of being hurt. Loving anyway, loving even when it's possible you will be rejected or hurt, is very courageous and comes from a place of strength. People have all kinds of reasons for both giving and withholding love. And as with so many other things, it can have less to do with us than we think. We tend to take matters of love very personally. It's really hard not to, especially when something comes to an end. There can be a lot of very real and raw emotions when it's time to move on from a relationship of any kind. That's very natural, but remember that even loving once has given you the opportunity to expand your ability to do so. You can now reflect on what you've learned and gained from this relationship that you would like to take with you or improve upon in the next. Or you can reevaluate your priorities or values. A relationship that has ended is not a failure. It is simply an indication that it was time for something else. Life means growth and change, and we are constantly being given the opportunity to evolve ourselves. And relationships are a huge part of that learning process. Most of us will have many of them, and they are each valuable with something to offer us, not only in terms of the gift of the other person, but also in terms of discovering more about ourselves and what we want and who we want to be. Some relationships are more honoring than others, but if we can cultivate curiosity in the transitions and discover what they had to teach us, then they are all worthwhile, however long they may last. Sometimes people will come in and out of our lives quickly, 
be they casual or intimate, and some just click in and stay for ages. Loving and being loved by each as best as you can at the time will only set you up for greater love and growth. My son is 12 now and has been in enough situations and environments and met enough people that I can confidently say he knows who loves him. He may not understand or equate the words, I love you, to that feeling of safety and acceptance, pride and encouragement, but I know he feels it. I know he is continually learning who we say bye, I love you, to, and who just gets by, see you tomorrow. I know that actions and familiarity work together in who he feels comfortable approaching more than just familiarity and words do. I know that trust is high on his list of values and that contributes in a major way to his being comfortable in the world. I also know his ease and confidence are behaviors that children exhibit when they know they are loved and accepted and cared for. I cannot answer if my son understands I love you. I can only continue loving him to the best of my ever-evolving and expanding ability and hope that he always feels absolutely loved and accepted, even when we're grumping at each other or not seeing eye to eye. Do I feel loved by him? Honestly, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But I think that's probably normal. A moody tween is a moody tween, atypical or not. And then sometimes my lovely son will have a moment when he tickles me mercilessly until I'm out of breath with laughter. And then five minutes later, he wants nothing to do with me. But that's okay. I love him regardless of which version of himself he's showing me at any given moment. And the fact that I can do that, even under less than desirable circumstances, makes me feel good about me. And look at that. My cup is full. I hope that this episode shows that there isn't any one set definition of love and that even if you can't quantify it, it doesn't mean it isn't there. Being a parent of an atypical child can be a bit tough where love is concerned. If their children are nonverbal, some parents can wait a very long time just to hear the words mommy or daddy, let alone I love you, and some never get to. Some outward behaviors make it difficult to know if your child is feeling your love or feeling love for you. In some cases, we may never know, but I choose to believe that they do. Even if they don't understand it, I believe they feel it just like they feel hunger or thirst. Experiencing love is inherent in us, whether we are typical or not. And that, for me, is incredibly comforting. Until next week, love your life as much as you can and embrace going beyond normal. <laughs>